Pandemonium Reigns. Pandemonium Reigns podcast, what is up? I hope this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, I hope this finds you well, and I hope you are pumped and excited for this Tennessee-Alabama game uh, that I'm here to talk about with you. Coming at you a little bit different, coming at you solo just because it's been an incredibly busy stretch for Mr. Dan Tucker and myself. Uh, As you noticed last week, we weren't able to preview the weekend slate like we normally did, so it came at you on Facebook Live. And again, just as a result of busy schedules, I'm coming at you solo um, to share my thoughts on this game, expectations, a few uh, comparisons and statistics ahead of it. Uh, If you haven't yet, please check out the crossover. We've got Dan and our buddy Jonathan Parrish, big Bama fan uh, that we previewed Alabama season with back before any of this action kicked off. Uh, They got together. They were able to preview this game kind of go back and forth, talk about expectations, how they see this game going, just everything of the sort. Uh, You won't find any bigger Tennessee fans than Dan and myself, and you will never find a bigger Alabama fan than Jonathan Parrish. So check out their thoughts. Um, Get get at it if you haven't done it yet. But without further ado, let let us look at this Tennessee-Alabama game. Um, And it sets up to be one for the ages. Been a Long time now, uh, six, seven years uh, since Tennessee's really maybe thought they had a shot, whether the players will never probably admit that, but many fans will tell you straight up. uh, The last five to six years have been brutal, even coming into it, getting excited for the game. And I guarantee you a whole lot more Tennessee fans have bought cigars in preparation for this game this week uh, than they have over the last many, many years. Saban's had a Machine rolling down there, and Josh Hopple appears to be getting things rolling a lot quicker than I certainly thought he would at Tennessee. And, folks, it's a thing of beauty. But, again, let's just talk about some numbers and things ahead of this game. One key stat that I want to kind of kick this off with is plays of 20 yards or more. Uh, Dan and I really started looking at this entering the Florida matchup. Um, And Florida came into the Tennessee game with 10 plays of 20 or more yards. Uh, Tennessee entered that game with 20 plays, double the amount that Florida had. But Florida did complete eight passes of 20 uh, yards or more against Tennessee with no runs over that amount. Uh, But again, just tracking this stat, looking at explosion and, uh, you know, what these these teams are capable of. Alabama certainly loaded again. Maybe they don't have the experience specifically at receiver Uh, that they've had for several years now, but those young guys are starting to come along. Um, You would certainly expect that Jalen Milrow only takes steps and improves as a passer, and he's obviously um, just a phenomenal runner. He looks like a racehorse out there when he takes off, he gets in the open field. So Tennessee certainly can't have that. Uh, But again, looking at the explosive plays, Alabama comes into this game with – 40 plays of 20 or more yards on the year. They had 10 of them alone in the game against Vanderbilt. Um, They've passed to this point for 22 plays of 20 or more yards, and they have ran the ball uh, on plays 18 times for 20 or more yards. So plenty explosive, as we all know, Uh, a deep roster, top to bottom. You'll, You'll struggle to really find a hole in that team, although depending on Bryce Young's health, that can certainly play a major Uh, factor into this game Um, but yeah just some other statistics Bama's thrown uh, 19 touchdowns five interceptions 
and that breaks down to 14 passing touchdowns for Bryce Young, five for Jalen Milrow, and then Milrow has thrown two picks while Bryce Young has thrown three interceptions on the year so far. Um, so they've ran or totaled 14 79, 1,479 passing yards with 1,202 of those coming from Bryce Young. Um, and then they've ran the ball for 1,543 yards on the year. They are incredibly balanced. They have split the yardage and the carries incredibly well, although we all certainly are weary of J- uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, a player that had interest in Tennessee coming out of high school, coming out of Dalton, Georgia, but has found his way via the transfer portal to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, again, very balanced. If you look at the numbers, 1479 passing, 1543 rushing, so about 60, 70 yards there of difference. They can hit you from a variety of different ways, as we all know. Uh, Bryce Young has been sacked five times on the year. Um, Jalen Milrow has been sacked four times, so that's a total of nine and then they have tallied 18 quarterback sacks with Will Anderson obviously leading the way there with five of his own. Uh, defensively, they're not turning teams over as much as a Nick Saban defense tends to do. Um, they have three fumble recoveries on the year and two interceptions with, you, yep, you guessed it, one of those being by Will Anderson, I believe, in the Louisiana Monroe game that he also, of course, took back to the house for a touchdown. All right, so that's kind of looking at the explosive plays, looking at the overview of the Alabama offense. When I was thinking about this game, maybe even thinking about ways that uh, Tennessee can win a game like this, and uh, and to segue into that, I thought about the Arkansas game and that Arkansas defense because the Arkansas defense specifically is really, really rough against the pass. Um, Now, Arkansas held Alabama's passing intact more so in check than they have per average on the year. But that, of course, was the game in which Bryce Young went down and Alabama ran for more than 300 yards against Arkansas. So it kind of was a wash in the end. If you don't hold the Alabama run game in check and you allow them to go over 250, 300 yards, you're you're not going to have much of a chance, if any, unless they're just turning the ball over, killing themselves with penalties, special teams mistakes. Just if they run wild on you, it, it's going to be a long day. But that Arkansas game, the Arkansas defense specifically, came to mind just in my mind when I was preparing to share some thoughts on this game. And just to look at it, Arkansas's defense allows 455 yards on average. Uh, They allow 32.2 points per game on average. Um, Tennessee's got them beat in both categories. Um, allowing 396.6 yards per game. Now, that is 307.4 yards on average through the air allowed per game. Not ideal. Uh, Tennessee has cleaned up the run defense quite a bit, allowing 89.2 on the ground per game, whereas Arkansas is allowing a very similar number through the air. Uh, Tennessee's, again, was 307.4 on average. Arkansas is at 307.2, so literally less than a yard's difference in pass yards allowed per game, and that's just bonkers. That's that's crazy how close those defenses are um, through the air. But it, the rushing defense, again, Tennessee at 89.2 allowed uh, rushing yards per game, Arkansas at 147.8. So that's where that 55, 6, 60-yard uh, difference in yards allowed per game comes up. 
and Tennessee's allowing almost just half of what Arkansas is allowing so far, uh, 17.8 points per game, and then 32.2 allowed for Arkansas per game. So not exactly the closest comparison. Again, Arkansas's pass defense gets a bad rap, um, and, and rightfully so. They have uh, not done all that well, uh, much like Tennessee's. Now, if, if you go back to that Arkansas-Alabama game, you saw those young receivers getting loose behind the safeties, throwing looks at, uh, at Arkansas that they just did not cover well. The deep ball, uh, Alabama certainly hit uh, against Arkansas early in that game before the Bryce Young injury. And again, they ran the ball very well, especially later in that game. Jameer Gibbs having two runs for touchdowns over 70 yards. Milrow having his own 77-yard run that almost resulted in a touchdown uh, from him. It did result in a touchdown a couple plays later. Um, so just some minor differences. Um, again, the, the yards allowed through the air, very similar. The rush yards, that's where Tennessee's got Arkansas beat. And that segues into the ways that I want to talk about that, that Tennessee can win this game. And there's more avenues that Tennessee might be able to steal this game versus past years. But it almost all starts and ends with controlling the ground game, not letting Alabama get loose for... 200 300 yards on the ground that is a loss every which way you slice it there's just no scenario where Tennessee allows that many rush yards and wins this game the other is if Bryce Young plays can he complete the intermediate pass can he complete the deep ball Tennessee's not really giving up the deep ball which is one of the more confusing aspects of allowing the 307 yards through the air on average is they've not given up the deep ball Yes, Anthony Richardson hit a couple, you know, over the head of Brandon Turnage um, for, you know, 30, 40-yard completions, nothing for a touchdown. Um, so Tennessee's not getting just obliterated, but I think that's by design, uh, that they know what they're working with, the staff does, so they're going to give you the short to intermediate pass and nothing over the top is, is kind of the way it reflects to me. And we'll see if Bryce Young has the arm strength if he can play through the pain well enough to complete those passes. Uh, we'll also see if the run game is enough because Tennessee's defense has been fantastic against the run. Florida was at 140-ish yards on the ground against Tennessee, and LSU totaled 55 rush yards against Tennessee, which is just fantastic, even though, again, LSU was playing from behind from the jump, literally from one minute into the game. LSU was playing from a touchdown behind, and as we know, that game was never really closer than 13 points, I believe, 20 to 7 at one point. Um, so, again, Tennessee's avenues to victory look like 10-plus quarterback hurries. It looks like three to four-plus quarterback sacks, you know, getting clean hits on Milrow or Bryce Young. Because I wouldn't think personally just entering this game that Bryce Young can sit there and get hit, you know, 5, 10 any anything more than that, I would say that shoulder probably doesn't hold up, even if they're clean hits, which you certainly don't want to ever try to hurt a guy or see a guy get hurt, but it is a violent game. Now, Milrow obviously has the the legs, the, the running ability, uh, and is a little bit more willing to use it than Bryce Young. So how does Bill O'Brien for Alabama, how does he scheme up to attack this defense? If it's me, and I'm, and again, calling plays for Alabama to try to attack Tennessee's defense, just complete the intermediate passes, move the ball, 
yeah, I think that's what Tennessee wants you to do because you that means you have to execute down the field. Um, but, can, you know, again, can Milrow make the passes that are there? Can he read the defense and know where his guys are going to be breaking open at? Uh, can he do that? Because he didn't do it all that well against Texas A&M in a, in a game that Alabama was very close to losing. It does feel like Alabama is kind of playing – due for a loss is is the way that they're playing right now. But I as well will not be the person to pick Tennessee to beat them right now. Again, this is the best shot that Tennessee has to do that. Um, one of the better shots in 15 years, you know, a couple close games over the years. The game last year was a game into the fourth quarter, but Alabama dominated that fourth quarter. Um, 28 to seven, I believe, or 28 to zero was the fourth quarter score alone in last year's game. So that separated and, and put plenty of distance in the game there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is Tennessee's best shot. You know, we didn't really come into that 2015 game looking at it as, Hey, Tennessee's got a chance today. You know, that, uh, Josh Dobbs always gave you a chance to, to win and play your best ball, but none of us were really predicting a win at Bryant-Denny Stadium that day. Uh, but, you know, that was Tennessee's best chance in, in recent years. So can they force a low-scoring game? I'm not convinced that Tennessee's defense can at this moment. And then also, can they protect Hendon Hooker well enough against Will Anderson, against uh, Dallas Turner, against, you know, a slew of highly regarded defenders, even if they've not turned teams over like they have in the past, can Hendon Hooker and co not get sacked to death by those that nasty front for Alabama. Can they continue to not turn the ball over? Uh, that is one area that Tennessee statistically statistically leads Alabama right now. Um, Tennessee only has five turnovers on the year, five fumbles, uh, zero interceptions, whereas Alabama has ten turnovers on the year, and they're actually negative five in the turnover margin, which is interesting. Um, so can Tennessee force any turnovers? Can they force some fumbles? Can they hit the quarterback and knock that ball out? Can they pick a pass off? That would be seemingly bonkers if Bryce Young plays um, because he's pretty safe with the ball. He's pretty efficient and explosive, obviously. And Tennessee's defense is just not that against the pass so far. Can they turn that around? Can they create some turnovers? I think that they certainly would have to do that to make this a four-quarter game because Alabama certainly has the ability to run away with this one. I mean, they they can beat anyone. They are among the top three teams and projected playoff contenders and champions for a reason. So they could certainly run away with this game, I think. Um, can Tennessee force it again to be a 60-minute game? Can they take care of the ball and their quarterback? And I think that Alabama is just going to be too much on Saturday still in what will be the most raucous Neyland Stadium that it's been I was there for the Florida game this year. I was there for the Florida game in 16. Didn't make it to the Ole Miss game last year. I would have absolutely loved to. But, I mean, this environment for Tennessee-Alabama is could potentially just obliterate all of those. This is the first time that these teams have met unbeaten since the late 80s. So, the environment, the stakes are just going to be through the roof. Neyland Stadium will absolutely lift off into orbit if Tennessee wins this game. So, uh, I'll certainly be rooting for it. Uh, Dan and I will be up there in section JJ and here's your challenge for that day. Um, ask at least 50 or a hundred people. Hey, are you Dan? Are you Mike from the pandemonium's rain pandemonium rains podcast? Um, you know, don't ask women because we're not women. So don't insult us, but you know, ask around, Hey, are you Dan? Are you Mike? 
<laughs> That's crazy. I was listening to your show on the way. Not really. But please, again, continue to check out the show. Check out Dan and JP's preview of this game. Get the Alabama perspective um, instead of just the Tennessee perspective. Like, share, tell your friends and your family about the podcast and keep checking us out. We appreciate it so much more than you know. Um, and just to give a prediction for this game, I do think this game will be a higher-scoring affair. I'm going to say Alabama 42, Tennessee 34. Tough loss, but again, continuing the momentum, building towards a 10-plus win season, uh, all sooner than we expected. And Tennessee, again, certainly has a great chance to do this, and we'll be there rooting for it to happen. So go Vols. God bless you, and thanks for checking us out. Rain.